Well, welcome to the Cup for Time podcast here at the Canton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Clay, and I'm joined by once again by Eric Stearns back from uh, from Texas and Montana and a bunch of other fun stuff in between. So uh, glad to have you back, Eric. Um, we navigated Sunday yeah. it was the best we could with the uh, with the snowstorm and the freezing temperatures here in South Dakota. Um, but uh, we uh, had online worship service and was able to get the sermon out that way. And just uh, excited to dig into this uh, conversation about my summer, my sermon on Sunday and just, you know, our thoughts on the Lord's Prayer. How did you settle on this sermon series to start the year? There's a couple of different things. There's a couple of different reasons why I wanted to do, to do the sermon series. Um, first is I like the idea of starting off the year with something practical, like something that we can just kind of dig into the nuts and bolts of something and like learn a spiritual discipline that can kind of set up the whole rest of our year together. Like we are starting here in prayer. We're going to extend into Lent in prayer. Like prayer is going to be a big theme of our first, you know, first couple months of the year here in the life of the church. And so what a better way to start with that than by talking about the Lord's Prayer, because this is a prayer that Jesus has given to us. This is a model for prayer. This is, you know, on the 31st, Pastor Steve uh, preached for me because I was still on vacation. Um, And he and Kathy did a little bit of a skit of the Lord's Prayer of like, Steve was the voice that was saying the Lord's Prayer and Kathy was the voice of God responding and like sparking deeper conversation. And that's what the Lord's Prayer really should do. You know, God, uphold the holiness of your name. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Like, and then check your heart and say, okay, well, where are, where is God's willing, God, where is God's will being done through me? How am I a part of this? And where am I standing in the way of that? You know, like the, the Lord's prayer should spark such bigger conversations with God because it can just be this wonderful little starting point. Sometimes the hardest thing about doing something new is knowing where to start, you know? And mm-hmm. so here, here's where to start. Jesus said, pray this way. And so we're going to dig into what it means to pray this way and couple that with a Bible study that's also focused on prayer. Um, the, the dynamite prayer, the prayer study that is focused on, you know, praying together and then just, you know, having some time and space to share what God is up to in the midst of our prayers, um, writing prayers out. And just, you know, if that's, if that's your learning, if that's your learning style, writing prayers out, that's not my learning style. Um, no, thank you. But it's important to have the opportunity to, to grow deeper in prayer. And so, we're going to be really, really digging into what are the nuts and bolts of how we are to pray and mm-hmm. what are we to pray for and how can we pray for our church? Um, you know, and then the second, this, this, that's kind of the, the big umbrella of the first reason. The second reason is that just last year was such a hard year for us to navigate through. And I feel like we've been just in existence mode. Um, we've been mm-hmm. in really just kind of survival of just, you know, Let's get through this trial that we know we're all facing and let's get through, you know, the ramifications of it. And I really think that we've let some things lie dormant for a while. And the one thing that I know that ignites something is prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so we're going to be focusing on prayer as a way of preparing us for what God has in store for us next. We're going to undergird everything that we do um, going forward in, in, the, in, in prayer um, and not just, you know, make a plan and then ask for God's blessing on it, but really seek what God has in store for us in the life of our church and what we can be doing to serve God um, in our community and in our world. And so the starting point, the basic point, the the nuts and bolts, here's how we're going to pray. 
is hopefully going to launch us into post Easter as a resurrection people and really embracing the things that God has in store for us that have been revealed to us in prayer. That sounds good. But I, I liked how you talked about um, how that sometimes the Lord's prayer can just be recited with no feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, And man, when I preach on Sundays, do I some man? I need that board um, in the back there with with the Lord's prayer written out because I lose it. Like it's completely gone when I go to start praying. And I'm like, I pray. I have prayed this for 32 years, mm-hmm. and for some reason now I can't seem to remember any of the words. Yep, it is so funny how things will just leave your mind. Yeah, how you know? Obviously, that's not how we should treat this prayer because of how you know if you really like we've talked about, you really dig into it, how important it is. Mm -hmm. Um, What are your strategies for refocusing um, when you're praying this prayer? Yeah. Any prayer for that matter. I mean, it's. Yeah, definitely. The biggest strategy that I have learned came from my professors at USF. Um, I think it was Dr. Higgle. I don't know for exactly sure because it's been forever, but I think it was Dr. Higgle that just said that when you're praying and when you find yourself getting distracted, smile at the distractions, notice that they're there and then just tell like literally just say, okay, cool. I thought about that. Now I'm coming back to this. And just, you know, if you need that verbal redirect, it's going to be okay. As long as it leads you to that, you know, it's not, it's not, it's, it's only weird if it doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? Like if you need to have a verbal, like, okay, that's passed now. And then go back into prayer that's okay. You know, we might look a little bit nuts, but it's, it's only weird if it doesn't work, you know? So just notice the distraction. Um, I'm not a big journaler. I'm not a big writer type of a person, but if I'm praying and a, and a thought does come into my head that I want to return to, like, if it's like, Oh, Hey, I'm praying. And then this idea for, you know, a sermon comes or there's a person that I, you know, there's a, there's a person that I just have had on my heart and now I need to follow up. I'll write it down. I'll just write it down and then just keep going, you know, and then just sure. and then I'll then I'll circle back and say, oh, hey, I do need to call Liz because she just had surgery or I do need to do X, Y, Z tasks because it will make life easier going down the road or whatever. And, you know, sometimes distractions aren't a bad thing because it's, you know, God working through that prayer to 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 bring what you need mm-hmm. sometimes. Other times it's just a random thought that you just kind of need to, you know, you can, you can chase that rabbit for a little bit, but there's, there comes a point where you have to have the diligence and, 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 and the, 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 the understanding of what you're doing to say, all right, cool. That, that happened, but now we're back to this. Sure. Thankfully the Lord's prayer is short enough. I mean, if you just take the the base text of it, it's short enough that the, 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 that the bunnies don't get too far down the road, but I don't know. Sometimes I get a long ways down the road for me in a very short amount of time. I hear you. One of the things that grabbed me about the scripture this week, um, and I've I've noticed it before, but I really took the time to kind of dig into it this week as I was preparing the message. Um, John's Jesus' disciples come to him and they say, they ask the question, they say, hey, Jesus, teach us to pray how John's taught his disciples to pray. And so I was wondering if there is anywhere any evidence of the prayer 
that John the Baptist taught his disciples because John had disciples. I learned it was common for there to be a prayer that rabbis taught to their disciples. And so Jesus should have been anticipating this question from his disciples. Um, mm -hmm. And so since this was a common practice, it stands to reason that somewhere it should exist the prayer that John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. Um, and so I did a little digging and did a little research. And here's what I found in a, um, a Syriac manuscript that dates back to 408. Um, there is a prayer um, that says, Holy Father, guard your strength and show us your glory and make your son known to us and fill us with your spirit, which gives light through your knowledge. So according to that manuscript, that is the prayer that John taught his disciples to pray. The, and then I don't, we don't, we're never told how the disciples of Jesus figure out that John's disciples are praying disciples, um, but they obviously did at some point in time. And so they wanted that. They wanted something that was like that. And that's when Jesus says, all right, cool. When you pray, pray this way. And that's where we get the Lord's prayer from. So, so do you think they were, they were asking uh, more for a style of prayer or do you think they were actually asking like no teaches john's prayer i think that they wanted a model of prayer the way that rabbis would have taught their disciples to pray was was by giving them a set thing to pray when you pray say this and like mm -hmm. we've taken that and we've we've internalized those words and we we've taken that we've taken these words specifically but then we've also used them as a style of prayer as well as a model um for what our prayer lives can grow into and i don't think that that's unfaithful to the to jesus intention either so mm -hmm. but i just like the idea of there being a prayer that we can say because like i said on sunday we don't always know how to pray life is not always that easy and so we know that praying to god is important and so when we don't have words, we can pray the Lord's Prayer. We can say, you know, God, you are holy. Um, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done up to and against my will being done. Give us what we need for today. Give us the daily bread. Give us our provision. We always need that. Mm -hmm. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us and don't lead us into temptation. Don't lead us into trials. Lead us in a way that is faithful to what you want. Um, you know, and then that covers a whole lot of, you know, a whole lot of territory. One of the things that popped into my brain when I was um, listening to you on Sunday mm -hmm. was, you know, they asked Jesus how, how, teach us how to pray. Um, for some reason, what popped into my head was when there is something new mm. that we are, that I, that we are asked to do, whether it's through work, whether it's our our first and I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of implementing new technology into into some task hmm. that we that sure. we already feel like we know how to do or have a way to do it right in our first instance even though we think it might be a better way of doing things our first instance is i don't know how to do it i'm not going to do anything new right <laughs> and we don't want to try to to make it better we don't want to try to um do something different. We just want to always do it the same way we've always done it. Right. So do you think part of the reason they asked was because Jesus is asking them to do this and they're like, Hey, well then you teach us how to do this. Cause we don't want to, we don't want to figure it out. So you tell us how to pray. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, that very well could have been, 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, like because they were faithful Jewish men that got called into discipleship, um, they would have already been familiar with the idea of prayer, um, mm-hmm. you know, because they would have been praying what we call the Shema, um, which is uh, Deuteronomy 6, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord, your, your, love your God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Like that's the first and the greatest commandment. And that is a prayer that the nation of Israel still to this day prays at least twice a day. Um, you know, that's the that's fundamental to their to their faith, to their identity. Um, and so they would have been familiar with that. Um, but they noticed, I mean, I just think that they noticed John's disciples doing something different and, you know, didn't maybe had a little bit of FOMO, didn't want to miss out mm-hmm. if you're missing out there, you know, the, and they just, they, they knew that Jesus could deliver. Mm-hmm. What yeah. else did you cut Anything from the writing? So the other thing that I cut or kind of intentionally left out, um, is at the kind of towards the last third of the sermon, I talked about the idea of name being more than just the word that we say to identify who you are. Like, so we're talking about how would be God's name. That's the whole like part of that's the whole like the the phrase that we're focusing on this week. And so when Hebrew folk talk about names, it's more than just, you know, it's more than just Eric. It's more Mm -hmm. than just clay. It's more than just the word that we use to identify the person. Um, Upholding the holiness of someone's name is like that reputation piece. Like, I know Eric is this. I know that Eric is a hardworking person that loves his family, that loves his church, that is good at his job. And, you know, those are things that I know and and appreciate about Eric. So, like, those are the things that I hollow about Eric. Um, you know, so there's there's more to just there's more than just a name going on when we're hollowing God's name. We're also hollowing God's character and God's nature. Um, and one of the ways that I phrased something in the sermon, it was it was intentional. Um, and it's um, when I when I said on Sunday that um, hollowing God's name is more than just knowing God's name as it is revealed in Scripture. Um, and the reason why it's written that way it was written specifically that way, um, because verbalizing the name of God is not something that you're supposed to do um, in public. Um, that is, it's uh, it, it's the the fancy theological word um, for for what God's name actually is. It's called the Tetragrammaton um, because it's mm. four letters. So Tetra is four, and Grammaton is is letters. And so it's the four letter word of name of God, um, which we use. We, I mean, in English, the equivalency is, is Yahweh. Um, so that's that, that's the, the divine name of God. Um, but when Jewish folk read this, you know, read things that have God's name, like you've ever noticed in the old Testament where it says the Lord in all lower in, in all, in all caps, mm-hmm. um, that is where the divine name would be. Um, but because it is not supposed to be something that you take lightly, that's part of not taking the Lord's name in vain or using God's name in vain. Um, so what what Hebrew folk would do would either say things like Elohim, Adonai, um, you know, other other words that stand in for who God is, other uh, rather than saying that divine name, as is you know forbidden in the commandments. Um, and so, and like, so when it got it tra- started being translated into English, that's where the word Jehovah comes from. Um, because if you assume the ve- assume the vowels, because that's what you have to do in Hebrew, um, and then add a Germanic J, you end up with the word Jehovah. 
Um, so that's where that's where that word comes from. And that's kind of the that's kind of a stand-in title for the name of God. And so I could have gone there on Sunday, um, but I was talking to a professor of mine from seminary uh that taught on Old Testament, and he's just like, um, you're not gonna say it, are you? And I was like, I'm not gonna say what? He's like the divine name. And like I've said it from the pulpit before, but apparently you're not supposed to do that. Um and 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 not be you know, it's kind of insulting. Uh, apparently, I did not know that. Um, but it's it's. Can you dig deeper? On why is that? Ins- why is that insulting? Yeah, because it's a respect thing. Because um, it's you know, like the we can't just throw God's name around because it's the literal name of God. Um, and so, because there have been things given to us by Scripture and the hist- and the and the history of the Church um, to say instead of the divine name, that's what we should use instead. So. Yeah. Instead of Yahweh, should be saying God. I mean, and Lord. Lord, um, You know, you can you can dig it back into the Hebrew and say Adonai or Abba or you know, there's there's a lot of words that stand in for for God to avoid saying the divine name. So, I was unaware of that. Um, But interesting. uh, Yeah, especially just with everything happening over in Israel right now, and just you know the the rash of anti-semitism that's going on in the world um you know if mm-hmm. that is if that is what their custom is then you know that's we can respect that to do yeah so yeah and i was reading i was actually reading more about that in the last couple of days too and it's just like you know when you're talking about your parents you don't say lee and craig you say mom and dad or i don't say greg and pat i say mom and dad um, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's a respect thing. It's a title thing. It's, you know, it's one, it's another way of us showing our reverence for who God is, um, is to it's not use the divine name, but rather use um, formal titles um, to avoid saying their name. So mind blown. Yeah, I was a little bit blown by that, too. But uh, shout out to Dr. John Anderson for kind of being my, you know, he he taught um, an Old Testament class that I did not take um, when he was at when I was at Sioux Falls Seminary. Something that he continues to give me crap for because he thinks I ducked him, but I really just it just didn't work in my schedule. Um, but uh, um, but we were talking about it over Facebook Messenger because that's kind of how we communicate now that he's entered into the world of pastoral ministry as well as being a professor. Um, We've had some really great chats and stuff, but we were talking about just, you know, the the use of the divine name and why not to use the divine name um, from the pulpit. So, yeah, in the Hebrew world, it was said only one time per year um, during the high and holy days um, by the priest serving in the temple. So. That's the only one who is worthy enough to say it. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yep. Yep. So when the angel appeared to Zechariah and foretold the birth of, of John the Baptist, he would have said the divine name in the temple. Um, he, and then the angel showed up and, you know, everything with the story of John the Baptist was off to the, to the races. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I wrote that intentionally and I, you know, I stand by it. So. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, in your sermon, we talked about, you talked about hallowed be thy name, obviously, is what your sermon kind of stemmed around. Uh-huh. And obviously, God doesn't need to know how important he is. Um, but, it, you know, it just, it felt like a reminder, it feels like a reminder to us, just, hey, this guy's really important. Mm-hmm. Take this seriously. Yes. 
not that you're telling God how important he is because he already knows how important he is. Right. Just what you're entering into mm. talking to the most important being. And from here on out, you need to be taking this seriously. I don't yeah. know. That's kind of the way I kind of interpreted that. Is that kind of the, what you were going Absolutely. for? Absolutely. Definitely. I mean, but, but like, but there is a tension there because we're still talking to a God who loves us and a God mm-hmm. who's with us and a God who, you know, opened up the heavens and came down to be with us and continues to live in our hearts by the power of the Holy spirit. Like it's, it's so it's weird because God is approachable and God is knowable, but also there's a tension because God isn't, you know, because God is the literal God of the universe. Mm -hmm. We can avoid prayer because we don't feel like we're worthy. You know, like we, who are we to talk to God? Are you kidding me? I know who I am. Come on now. God doesn't want a thing to do with me. But right. yet God does. God invites us further into relationship. God, God invites us further deeper into relationship and wants this line of communication to be open. I mean, there's a reason why Paul says pray all the time. You know, pray, pray, pray without ceasing. Just be in constant contact with God because God loves you and God cares for you. Um, but yeah, but it it should not be done flippantly. It should be done with the level of awe and reverence that are that is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, um, all too often we just kind of, you know, um, like the phrase "thoughts and prayers" when mm-hmm. someone someone gets hurt. I'm like, do you actually mean that, or are we just saying these things just because that's what we feel like we should say? Correct. I don't think that's what the goal of prayer is or should be. No. You know, now, if you actually mean that, that's great. Right. If you actually said a prayer for that person, that's great. But Mm -hmm. you just, I just feel like, you know, in the the days of social media, when thoughts and prayers to this person, you you know, I'm like, I think there's so, you know, I agree with praying for people that we don't know and praying for, you know, situations that are not necessarily a part of. Right. But I think praying for, your uh, to to quote the seven habits of highly effective people playing for your circle of influence or the mm-hmm. people that you are interacting with, I think is so much more important in, in keeping your prayers kind of focused and concentrated, yeah. I think are can have can have a bigger impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about you, but as a dad, I'm always praying for how to raise my children because I feel like, um, what better opportunity do we have to impact the world than making sure that the next generation that we are trying to raise right now mm. has a firm foundation. Yep. And so I, I always find myself praying for my kids. I'm like, God, I really should be praying for other things. But I'm like, then again, it's so important to raise good kids because that's how you change the world. Yeah. You know? Yes. Full agree. I don't know. One of the things that I get kind of frustrated with sometimes is just how prayer turns into gossip um, in the life of the church. Or just like we want to know every little nitty gritty, juicy detail. You don't need to know those things to pray. You just, mm-hmm. you just don't because God knows. And that's way more important than us knowing, you know, like there. I mean, when we're sharing joys and concerns during church, there are times where I am tempted to ask a follow up. But also people have said what they said. And during worship, it's not the right time to say, 
can you say more about that? Or, you know, but nope, God knows. Right. God knows we're going to pray. doesn't mean that in like the pastoral care of like saying, hey, you said this and that you, you know, if you want to, if if you want someone to talk to about it, I'm, I'm, I'm available. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's the appropriate response as a, as a, as a pastoral care person. So God knowing is way more important than us knowing. Well, what's the next phrase that we're going to talk about next week? Yeah. So next week is going to be talking about thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Um, and just, you know, the fact that like, I, I kind of, you know, I mentioned this a little bit on Sunday, but I'm going to really dig into it on, on, on this coming Sunday of just every time that we, that, that we address God in this prayer, it stands against our own name. God, our names are cool. Like we, we are, we're, we're awesome people. God has made us, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made, but it's more important that people know the name of God. It's more important that God's name is hollowed over and above my own name. It's more important that God's will is done over and above my will. It's more important that God's kingdom come on earth as, as it is in heaven than it is that my will gets done. Cause I have a will and I have a desire and I have a dream for what the world should look like. I hope it's aligned with God's kingdom, but it obviously is going to benefit me more than anybody else. You know, mm-hmm. so what does it mean for us to truly pray? Thy will be done. That your kingdom come. What does it really mean to pray those words and mean them? And then what action are we taking to ensure that these things are actually happening? Right. So that's going to be the bulk of our focus on Sunday. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us on this week's Cut for Time podcast. Join us again next week in person at 10 a.m. at the church or back here for the podcast next week. Thanks for listening to our Cut for Time conversation. Join us for worship in person or on Facebook Live Sundays at 10 o'clock Central Time. And now go in peace and serve the Lord.